Welcome to the season finale of Film Fracas. And now, on with the show. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Film Fracas. It's the season three finale. I'm Robbie DeShazer. That was so fast. With me, as always, doing my wonderful instrumentals are Brett The Rock Johnson. Happy to be here. And Carter The Whole Effin' Show Spilliards. Hey, that's me. (laughs) We're here to have a little bit of a film fracas and to finish out this wonderful, wonderful season. Um, So, this is it. This is the season finale. How are you guys Mm -hmm. feeling about this? I think um, we ought to just skip straight to voting. Okay. Yeah, let's go. All right. Our winner. Okay, we're all going to pick our winners right now. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Mary Poppins. Finally. Got the recognition it deserved. Finally. 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 All right. Well, we're off to a rip-roaring start. (laughs) What were our movies again? Our movies this whole season? Do we just want to give a whole recap? There's not very much. Uh, So we had (laughs) six movies this time, as there's only three of us. Um, Yep. We started off with Kill Bill, Bull Durham, L.A. Confidential, Jurassic Park, Acura, and uh, what's the last one? Scott, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus, versus the world. world. Yeah. I almost got through that without forgetting a single one. Almost. Almost. It's not like it's a finalist, Robbie. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. They're yeah. both, both really good movies. In our first episode, we said goodbye to Kill Bill. Yes, we did. Shit fights. It had the worst Shit. fight. Awful fights. <laughs> awful fights. The next episode... We said farewell Which, to... By the uh, way, we have heard your complaints about that. Do not worry. We know you're upset. I stand by my pick. I stand by my pick as well. I did not make that pick. It was them. Yeah, so. stop stop hating on Robbie. I do, yeah, I do want to clear my name from He's washed this. his hands of this madness. <laughs> I, I have. This happened with Little Mermaid, where I defended that movie so hard, and then it happened again with Kill Bill. It happens. I'm trying. I'm trying, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ariel's not an interesting character. Ariel is the... Kill Bill doesn't have any good fights. I'm sorry. You know what? And we'll go ahead and apologize to Brett, you know. Also, The Shining has a bad story. It's for, it or no, Lord of the Rings has a bad story. Lord of the Rings has a bad story. The Shining has no jaw-dropping moments in it. I, still, I stand by that one. There are more jaw-dropping moments in there. But anyway. That's not what we're talking about. Today we're talking about all. two films. And I these films are both so, so, so amazing that I do not want to get to the part where we have to actually choose something. <laughs> no, I don't either. So, take it away, Brett. <laughs> Why do you always begin? do this to oh, me? Oh, I guess we didn't finish our recap. <laughs> no. The next so week our, we had our Best World episode, Building. Was that episode two? Yes, it was. World oh. Building. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, uh, LA Confidential was kind of on that. It's I'd, fine. I'd still watch it. I would. I like I said. I'd, I'd, I'd watch all of those. Yeah, I would watch them all. So it's yeah, fine. that was yeah. week two. Week three, we said goodbye to. It was best score, and we said goodbye to Boulder. 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 Yeah. Then, then best characters, and we said goodbye to Jurassic Park. Yep. It's been a rough season. It's so sad. It has been a roller coaster. We already got rid of Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. What's the point in talking? Well, it was. This was supposed to be our backdoor fra- uh, pilot for Goldblum Fracas. I know. I just had a stroke on Mike. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. If only all of our movies had more Jeff Goldblum. And that's exactly what the point of Goldblum Fracas was going to be. That's actually what our final category was. We were really banking on Jurassic, World, or Jurassic Park making it because our final category isn't Best Picture. It's Best Use of Goldblum. Or I was just going to say it's, it's Beth Goldblum. Beth Goldblum. Yeah, you say it like you have a lisp. Yes. To have a light one. I hate like this. <laughs> I hate this so much. Can we please get both, on with both it? Both films are severely lacking in Goldblum. Yes. So, because but of they that, don't need any Goldblum. It's fine. They work. Every film could use God. a little extra Goldblum. Could it use more Goldblum? Yes. It's like Does it oil. need Goldblum? Not necessarily. Throw it on some pizza. Instantly fancier. Truffle Goldblum. Truffle Goldblum. I hate Treff- this. <laughs> Treff Goldblum. Treffle Goldblum. Yep. You know, we Brett? had such an exciting <laughs> intro to this episode. And 
Carter and I are just stalling. I hate this. I hate this so much. We don't need to stall for any. Well, we told you to start talking. <laughs> yeah. And I was about to, and then you guys Collect started. Your thoughts. Collect them. Then you guys just speak, went off into speak whatever the hell that was. Let's start talking about Akira. Like, <laughs> where do you... That's one of the so, two. Okay. This is the season finale. This is Best Picture. We've got two amazing films. We have Akira and Scott yeah, and versus neither, the world. We're stalling because neither of us want to say goodbye. And Brett is absolutely <laughs> the expert on both of these films. I know. So I want. So he won't be able to speak this episode. So this will just oh, be no. <laughs> me and Carter refusing to end the podcast. Yep. God. It'll be ten hours long. Oh Jesus Christ! I have to drive tomorrow. <laughs> oh well. Yep. Brett. <laughs> Brett, why aren't well, you saying anything? <laughs> you guys keep cutting me off and doing your bad bits. But, uh... <laughs> you just seem to be giggling now, and I don't... Yeah. I but don't appreciate the, these, the, these are both very good movies, both based off of a comic book and a manga, respectively. Oh, yes, they do have that in common. Mm-hmm. Things I had not thought about, actually. Did you not read the source material prior to this? No, I've not read either the Akira manga or the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World graphic novel. I got in contact with the original authors. Hmm. Did a whole interview? Which we'll be coming to do right not, now. Do you not do your research? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, Why yes. do you do this to me? But yeah, both based on... Sorry, I tried to make a good point. <laughs> I had not thought it's, about that. It's, it's fine, but... Yeah, so they're both based on some kind of pre-existing source material. They both, they both have good characters, good fights, a lot of really good set design, and just they like, yeah, they're just both really good. I don't know where to start. We, t- I think we touched on it a bit with the characters episode. Mm-hmm. I do think Akira has, excuse me, I think Akira probably has the more complex character with Tetsuo as opposed to kind of anybody in Scott Pilgrim. And yeah, I think, I think we talked about that Yeah, a, a good bit. Whereas the characters in Scott Pilgrim almost serve as various foils to Scott himself. Mm-hmm. Who... But like it, it works because yeah, so that works. It's about Scott's journey. Akira is about Tetsuo's transformation and metamorphosis. So like quite every, literally like, yeah, it's, and so the characters just kind of serving as like plot, the other side characters just kind of being plot devices works very well for that story. And so it's just like, I don't really know. I'm trying to find like the chinks in the armor of both of these movies to like to try and say something bad about one of them since none of us have said anything bad about either that has of been these the hardest movies. part of the season. This whole getting season, to this I'm, moment. I'm trying to find where one's lacking in some kind of department. Well... Uh, what's great about the finale is we can always look at the movies holistically. We're not having to look at each aspect in a vacuum. And so you kind of have to consider, you know, how do these things work together? Like Akira, yes, has complex characters and Scott Pilgrim's might not, but Scott Pilgrim juggles this massive ensemble of characters, I'd say better than Akira does. Uh, I like the character interactions more. I I think case in point with that is that we were having trouble figuring out which female character was named what last week. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, I think that um, Scott Pilgrim definitely, like, like achieves that ensemble dynamic a little better. Akira definitely has more of a focus on uh, the main two characters. Um, in terms of holistically looking at it, this is, this is great because we can look at more minor details. Stuff like pacing... Um, like I think Scott Pilgrim is a nearly perfectly paced movie. Um, yeah, I never really feel because even when it's like slows down, it it kind of feels like the natural ebb of the story mm-hmm. to slow down and take a breath before it revs up at the end. And so I think. Where would you say that that ebb is for you? Because I I feel like there's never a moment where I'm bored at all in that movie. I mean, I'm never bored, but I think it slows down a little bit. Um, Whenever uh, Ramona leaves, mm, she's yeah. like, oh, he's, he's, you know, he controls me. I can't do anything about that. 
But there's not much time between that and the final fight. Really. No, no, that's what I'm saying, is it, it slows down a little bit before it revs up. Very true. And so even then, that's like a very purposeful pause in the pacing. And so mm-hmm. I think I think Scott Pilgrim itself, because it's a pretty long movie. It's not, uh, it's like... Is it two, two hours? hours Hold on, I have somebody look both Wikipedia up. pages up right now. The movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World is... How long is it? It's 112 minutes. Okay, so it's just under two hours. How long is Akira? I'm looking that up. Akira on it. at least feels a lot longer. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Akira pacing, not as good. <laughs> it's really not. So it's Akira, 124 minutes. Yeah, Akira, I can definitely feel the length on it. It's got quite an epic journey to where when you finally reach the end, you're like... Yes, this is impressive. But the getting there, it definitely has some some problems. Uh, it, it doesn't really clip along at any great pace except during like an action sequence. Right. Um, and then it just kind of like, once it hits the ending, then it really kind of snowballs and, and gets going at that point. But the leading up to it, I'm very much like, it's not as yeah. It's not as it's not as clean as Scott Pilgrim. And For Scott sure. Pilgrim definitely um, could have been a movie that could have been bogged down because they had so many things they had to do, and you knew they had to go to each X, and there's like so much stuff that they fit in to actually, you know, a pretty condensed runtime. So here's the part effectively. I feel like there's an argument for Akira that doesn't actually work here, which is a lot of people will come and say, well, it has to fit every volume of the manga into you know. A two-hour movie. No. Scott Pilgrim does the same thing with a graphic. Yeah. With seven volumes of a graphic novel, six volumes. Six. Six graphic novels, that you know, each one encompassing encompassing essentially a whole X plus you know the story that has to happen around it, and you get just you get a much better paced, even a shorter film than mm-hmm. the other one. I've, I've, and, uh, you know, people argue that Akira doesn't even scrape the surface of everything that's in the manga you know yeah that's that's true there there is a whole lot there's they left a whole lot out of the manga i haven't read all of it but uh my my roommate has read a whole lot of it and so seeing like yeah they cut out so much but i still feel like it works very well and i feel like both these movies are very well paced for what they are because they are so different where with Scott Pilgrim, it like it is always moving along because there is so much that they are packing into that movie that mm-hmm. it just it makes sense that it's always moving along. Something's always happening. Like they got to fit seven, six, seven fights in this movie. So yeah, it's got to always be moving along, and it works. Mm-hmm. It works very well. And like you said, there like there is that bit when Ramona leaves where everything just kind of just kind of like stop more or less, and like. Well, I'm not bored with it. I definitely do feel that very hard where it's kind of like, oh, okay. But then, like Robbie said, everything does pick up again. So then it's just kind of like, oh, like I, like, I don't feel like I get whiplash, but there's that very noticeable change in the pace. Whereas with Akira, it's all about just what's happening to this one character and like how like and it's just showing you what's happened to this society. And so I feel like it works very well having the more drawn out pace because it is supposed to like not slice a life because it's sci-fi dystopian future, but it is more about like, here's the world. Here's this one character's metamorphosis and what is going on. And so it's like a look at somebody's life. It's not always going to be constant action. Got to fight six, seven different evil exes and all that. And while like it, while the pacing is not the best, it serves the function of the movie very well if we're looking at it holistically. See, I was going to say holistically, when you look back on Akira and kind of what the story was about with this whole kind of very like elaborate like government conspiracy kind of thing and all this stuff working together in it, that I think it definitely had room to have more of a, to have a faster pace, I think, than it really did. Um, I think it definitely utilized some of its slower movement, slower moments for like to to emphasize the the more complex characters, um, which was a plus to it. But I think that yeah, overall, when you think about what the movie is about, they definitely could have had a little bit more of a clip going to it because there's kind of this pressure of like what's going to happen, 
like, what is this all building to kind of thing. And you don't really feel that rushed until it starts getting into kind of the closer into the movie. So that's kind of where I feel I'm like, it it could have been faster than it was, but it, it wasn't. Like where, like, where would you have had it? Where would you have that clip come in? Well, it's not like a thing that comes in. It's just like the the general movie as a whole just could have had a sense of urgency to it, but it, it doesn't. But it doesn't necessarily need that sense of urgency because nobody knows what's going on and nobody knows that there is something urgent that is happening. No one knows what is going to happen by the end of that movie. So yeah. there's, until you've seen it, like there's no need to be like, oh, this needs a sense of urgency or something because nobody knows what's going to happen. No one, you don't need that sense of urgency until you know what you're dealing with, with until you know like what is happening to Tetsuo at the very end where it all comes together. And that works very well. That's true. Yeah, but I feel because of that, it has a little bit of an identity crisis in the middle, if that makes sense. For like, not not it's true, but elaborate. I was about to, <laughs> but um, in the sense that you know, until it starts picking up and you get that urgency, you know, beforehand I'm like, oh, is this a movie where they try to break Tetsuo out of the government facility? Is this a movie about a biker gang? Is this a mo-? And then you're like, oh no, it's a movie about him trying to save his friend who is mutating and destroying a whole city. Like, for me, it changes because of that pace, because there's not, there's a sense it's building to something, but there's, because you're not quite sure what that something is, I feel like it makes it maybe harder, maybe a little more confusing, maybe a little more, maybe it just, the pace just throws that off for me, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if Carter felt the same way. We watched it together before the podcast, but I kind of felt like that, where it was like, okay, is this the movie where they break him out of the government facility, or is this the movie, you know? I don't know that I'd say the movie has an identity crisis. I'd say it was more, that's more of like your expectations of the movie, mm, yeah. kind of impacting how you're watching it, because I was also kind of like that, and I was like, what is this movie about? Because I didn't know what it was about. Right. I had some ideas of what it was about, and as I'm watching it, I'm kind of like, oh, is it about this? Is it doing this? But I don't necessarily think that's, a fault of the movie. I think that's just whatever you're expecting the movie to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, perhaps. But I would say that it definitely has lots of different aspects to it. And the fact that it focuses on so many different things until it finally gets to what it's truly about could kind of talk to the yeah the pacing of the movie a little bit. Because like, like, like what Carter was saying, you can feel that it's building to something, but when you have no clue what it is building to it does start to drag because you're not like, you know, so maybe that's expectations mixed with pacing there, but that's probably my biggest issue with it was I was during the whole movie. I was like, I'm not quite sure what this is about. I I know it's good. I know it's beautiful. And then I get to the end and I have a much better idea, but that, that sounds a lot. movie is the whole experience of watching it. It's mm-hmm. not just looking back on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounded a little more like expectations. But I mean, expectations are expectations. I can't. Yeah, I can't fault you for that. <laughs> Another thing we could discuss um, in relation to the movies was um, the art style because they both have a very unique um, art style. Yes. Yes. Because um, I mean, they both. And this isn't really. I'm not going to really knock either of them because they're both extremely unique to their movie and both absolutely fantastic. I think in Scott Pilgrim, right off the bat, when you get the eight bit Universal logo. Yeah. And fanfare, and then it, like, just from there on, the whole movie, I think, is one expertly edited. The editing in that movie is what, it's probably one of the best edited movies I've ever seen. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think the the art style and kind of how they incorporate all the gaming There's the stuff, stuff into it. and What I would say know, is a pro like to it in this side is that not only is it a game, but it's really an art style based off of a game made about a graphic novel. Yeah, you know. And so you do. You do. You get that comic book feel in it. You get some comic book along film. with the video game feel. And it was, you know, it's it was a meshing something they knew of, they worked already from a video game based yeah. on. And it's yeah, it's like a meshing of aesthetics, and I think it works really well. And then Akira, you get this whole like vaporwave Neo Tokyo, like beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous, mm-hmm. like art style and designs of the city and all this stuff, and it's so influential on other things. Uh, of that nature um 
And so, yeah, it's, there's not really a knock to say about either of them. I just think it's important to bring up both because I think yeah. everything in the design of Akira, the bikes, the costumes, the outfits. Um, I do think the character design's a little bit wonky just because, like, Kaneda looks a lot different from all the other humans. <laughs> He's just got, like, a very kind of round, cartoony face, and everyone else looks much more either anime or, like, realistic. I don't know, that stuck out to me. Maybe that's just me. Hold I, on. I'm, I'm pulling up pictures of... Uh, a little bit. I see what you're saying. Well, he does have a very round face. Yeah. But I feel like all their designs work. I think yeah. all their designs are really good. No, all their designs work, and they're really... It just stuck out to me when I was watching it, because I was like... Because there's a lot of people... There's a lot of like characters in it who are like a conventional kind of anime design. And then his he just had a very... like. It just stuck out to me. And I was like, why did they choose to make him look this way? But no, I, I definitely, it's not a knock against it. I, I just think it's interesting. Um, and then, yeah, with Scott Pilgrim, I absolutely adore the everything about it. <laughs> the pee bar when he goes into the bathroom. Yeah. And it, there's just, it's the little things like that in that movie that it's really like, and even then you get rewarded with subsequent viewings because it's all happening so quickly that you don't necessarily process all of it. And then when you watch it again, you're like, oh, yeah. Or like, uh, the fact that the vegan police are using finger pistols. <laughs> Just little touches. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird, because there, there's something weird about this that I want to say that just is not a knock to either of them, but is probably a plus. Because we talked about, I touched on it a little bit in the score episode when we talked about the Universal logo and me mm-hmm. being like, oh, this is 8-bit again or whatever. Because it did kick, both of these kicked off other kind of imitation styles of the, you know, there were a lot more, you know, 8-bit style things, and, you know, Scott Pilgrim kicked off that wave of, like, those choose-your-own-8-bit adventures mm-hmm. on YouTube and stuff like that. <laughs> and the same with Akira, you know, a lot of, you know, Japanese anime movies that came out after it really tried to pick up, you know, pick up some of the style from Akira. Hell, even, you know, Batman Beyond took some of the <laughs> elements of Neo-Tokyo and, you know, combined it with the Batman the Animated Series aesthetic and made, the, you know, that cyberpunk look to it. But nothing that has come after it that has been inspired by either of these films, I don't think has held even a candle to what these movies do with their art style. And with Absolutely. They're cohesive. It just, it hasn't been said a lot this season, that meticulous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the attention to detail and those deliberate choices that they make with their art styles, especially Scott Pilgrim, you know. So, you know, A-plus to both of them there. Mm-hmm. Um, which, this is not the episode to gush about all of these things. But <laughs> if, if only there was is. a third option. This is the if, time to gush. There was a third well, option to rag on. You don't have to pick if, these like, things to pieces. If, if I did have to pick, pick to pieces, talking about, like, the production design on these, I think I probably would give the edge to Akira a little bit. Just because, like, that world like, kind of was created and built, like, from the ground up. And, like, yes, there was the source material, but they did also have to kind of breathe life into it, animate it, have it all move and really just kind of create that world and really get you immersed in it, which really works. And, like, ev- like everything from that is just so just pleasing to the eye and everything. Whereas with Scott Pilgrim... Well, I do like the P bar, the finger pistols, all all of it, all the sound effects, all the sound effect words, and all of that is all great. But then looking past that, everything's just Toronto. And what fun is there in Toronto? I will none. I will say as a counterpoint to that, uh, I disagree um, because good counterpoint. <laughs> as a counterpoint, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but what I was what I was just thinking as you were saying that was that you said it had it built it from the ground up, but I disagree because because uh, Akira had the source material, it had the designs for the city and the characters and how everything should look, and they basically just colored it in and put it in motion. But do you realize how hard that is? No, I know it's difficult. Like, I'm just saying. Do you realize like how much more it is than just? It's not just copying and pasting a no, bunch of images. I'm aware. I'm aware how complex it is, and the process of animation. I'm just saying that. But this does sound if, like knocking any mo- any Star Wars movie made after the first one because the stormtroopers are already designed. 
you know? No, what I'm saying. No, that's, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, no that's, that's not, not what you're saying. I, that's, not like, what I, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, because that's based off of a prior existing movie already, so it already had a, like a visual movie That's fair. Aesthetic. But, what I'm talking about is if, if we're talking, because these are both, these are both comic book to screen. And so I'm saying with Akira, it already had kind of the fundamental design of how it would look in the animated film. But Scott Pilgrim, they had to translate this 2D cartoon comic into a live action existence. And so they had to design how the characters would look and then cast them that way. And they had to figure out how to bring this world into live action. And I would say that that almost deserves more merit than Akira and its accomplishment of translating from page to screen. Perhaps. I get what you're saying. What well, I don't I don't know if it's enough. They both translated. I mean, yeah, no, they both translated tremendously. I was just saying if we're talking about which is the more impressive translation from page to screen, I would think it's Scott Pilgrim. Cuz going from a 2D animated cartoon to a three-dimensional live-action character and then being able to maintain all of the, you know, all of the aesthetic of the comic book in live action versus going from an already cartoon manga into a cartoon anime. But then you can also kind of make the same argument that you just made where it's like you have the characters already there. You already know what you want them to look like. So you just have to, you just have to get, you just have to make the similar clothes. The story takes place in Toronto. So you just need to be somewhere that looks, that looks close enough to Toronto. And so I feel like you could make the same argument for both of them. And then it's just kind of like, Oh, this character acts like this. Here's who we cast. You just yeah. need to act like because that. Because a lot of that stuff for the Where, aesthetic then, is costuming and it's after effects. Yeah, so that that's what I was trying to say. So like with you, then you can also make your same argument for Oculus where they had to also cast the right people to do all the voice acting to make that translation as well. And so they both like yeah, if you're going to knock Akira for like oh, it already had that design so it's less impressive, you can also make that same knock against Scott Pilgrim because, oh, it's already got the general designs. You just need to make it real. But it's a, there's, a, there's a different process there. Like, there is a different process, but the principle is the same. Because you definitely have a lot more room for failure going from 2D to 3D than you would going from an existing manga to an anime. Yeah. I, I guess. And but... so the fact that they... The fact that they successfully did it so well, and one of the best instances I've seen of that, of a comic book going, like the aesthetic of that comic book translating directly into the film. I'd but say there, that's, there were also plenty of movies getting the aesthetic of a comic book put into a film before Scott Pilgrim. No, I know, but I'm just saying like how well it captures that comparatively to like Akira. I don't think that... How well, do you think that, as, as someone who has not read either source material, do you think that Akira captures the source material less or less so than... No, Scott I'm not Pilgrim? saying it captures it less. I'm just saying the process is different. And so does the process, just by nature of the process, does that just make it better? I'm not saying it's necessarily better. I'm just saying it's a more impressive accomplishment. Because you, you've been making it sound like since the process is different for Scott Pilgrim. It's, it's so much better. It's, I'm not saying it's better. I'm that, just that, saying that, it's that, more impressive. That was the vibe I was getting. Yeah. That, it may not be what you were saying. It was yeah. the vibe you were giving off there is what we were both reading from yeah. that is that yeah. it seems that you think it's... I'm not saying it just seemed like you thought it's better just by virtue of being a live-action film yeah. as opposed to an animated film. No. I was saying the process of translation from page to screen was more impressive for Scott Pilgrim than it was for Akira. Okay. Sure. And I, I was originally talking about just the overall production design, not the process of adapting it. Yeah, but you had brought up translating it from the page to screen and talking about how impressive it was from that to that versus Scott Pilgrim where it didn't have... Is, is, that, is, that, is that what I said? Yeah. Because you, you were saying in the comic book it was in there, but it was different when... You know, when you saw it in the movie versus Scott Pilgrim, where it was just Toronto. I didn't mean to start talking about the whole process. I was just trying to talk about the production design. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the production and the, design and the is... the design of the world. Yeah. So he's saying that there was more effort put into maybe designing a place like 
Neo Tokyo. And whether it's, you know, I whether it's literally tra- putting a piece of paper over the original manga and tracing it, I think there is a lot of detail and care that goes into doing that. Yeah. Yeah, because I was trying to say, like, the look and immersion and vibe of Neo Tokyo is... Is consistent, whereas there's moments in Scott Pilgrim where it's a park in Toronto. Kind of. Maybe not... Exact, maybe not exactly that, but just kind of, just, uh, I'm trying to, I'm we've trying, run I'm tr- into I'm, a muddy situation. Let's just move on. <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm, I, I want to get my thoughts out on this. Otherwise I'm going to go home and just be like, oh, that's what I wanted to say. Oh, okay. It's too late now. I'm trying to find a good. No, it's then you'll kind, just it, call us it, at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody, nobody wants that. Here's the thing. <laughs> no, no, nobody wants to be calling them, much less at three in the morning. But it's like a, back in like season one when we were talking about production design, where it's like, Moonlight has that super simple product, that super simple design, as opposed to all those other movies we were talking about. For sure, for sure. And so I, I don't, I don't think that works for what I'm trying to say. I, I'm, I think the design of Akira is just more impressive in than, general overall. In general overall than Scott than Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Because kind of coming back around to what Robbie said, because like sometimes, like for the most part, it is just Toronto. It's a park in Toronto. It's a random person's house in Toronto. I love the Chaos Theater. I think I feel like the design of the Chaos Theater is fantastic. The design of the Chaos Theater is fantastic. Yeah, but but other like, than that, other than that, you're just it's in a Wallace park in Scott's Toronto. apartment. Yeah. It's Stephen Stills' house. Is is I've always just assumed that was Stephen Stills' house. Was that his house where I, they live? Or he seems else? to be the de facto hmm. band leader. Hmm. Whereas my, my thought would be that that's where Young Neil and Stephen live. <laughs> yeah, so because Young that, Neil does live there. That as opposed to Akira, where you get the immersion of Neo Tokyo, which is such this unique thing. You have the esp- you have where the espers live. There, different rooms. You have that underground facility. You have you have even the, the bar at the beginning. The bar at the beginning. You have the design of Tetsuo when he's turning into the the giant body mm-hmm. horror new universe. You have the design of Akira even when he's in the when he's just body parts in a bunch of canisters. Then when he's made real, there's so much more going on with it. And while the process, I guess, is, might, might be more impressive of bringing it from page to screen for Scott Pilgrim, what they did bring was, oh, it's just like, it's just a park in Toronto. It's just people wearing clothes, acting a certain way, as opposed to everything that's been designed and made in Akira. If you understand what I'm saying, if I'm, yeah, if I'm no, making I any get, sense. I get where you're coming from. The thing that makes, I think the best example I can think of it. The thing that makes the beginning scene when you get introduced to Young Neil and it pops up with his little bio, it says Young Neil lives here, right? Yeah. The thing that makes that Scott Pilgrim is an after effect. Yeah, the after effect's a, part of the production yeah, design. That says, that changes that from a couch in an apartment to a couch in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And while that's a part of the design, there is something to meticulously drawing out a bar, a you know, even the little capsule that the first Esper we see is in before he's lowered to, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's I don't every know. button on. It's, yeah, mic, it's difficult. Like, it's difficult to talk about something being meticulously de- meticulously designed with an animated movie mm-hmm. because they literally had to do that, or else it yeah wouldn't be what it is. And so it's just it's just. I mean, I do agree that it's a perhaps more impressive design. Because they had to create such an immersive world. Yeah, that and, that, that that was the original point I yeah. was trying to make. Yeah. But I just think when you you have to consider both movies, like, because like Scott Pilgrim isn't you know a two D hand drawn animated world, and so it wouldn't be as meticulously drawn out as Akira is. I would like to apologize for saying Akira was the main character because I've mentioned it about eight times this season. It's okay. I just feel bad. I don't want to get tweets. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh well, we can move on. Yep. Um, what else do we have to say about these movies? Uh, soundtracks are both amazing. Mm-hmm. We covered that. We covered that quite extensively. Yeah. <laughs> very, Brett, very Brett and different. I both got vinyl good. copies of. <laughs> Heyo. Because we're yeah. cool. <laughs> Carter, you can find one on Amazon. I don't. I don't have a record player, so I don't need a vinyl. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, the soundtracks for both of them are great. The only knock I could say is just. That just comes down to personal taste, which isn't yeah. a knock for knock against them at all. I was gonna say we talked. Yeah, so, we yeah, talked we, about. We, yeah, we talked about all that. Go listen to our scores and soundtracks episode. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we can. Re- what were you about to say? What were you? Oh wait, no, there wasn't. What was the personal? Pre- oh, just 
Oh, it's just like some, 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 some songs in the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack I just didn't really mesh with or vibe with that well. And then like there's like the one track in Ocular where I'm like, okay, let's move it along. Where yeah. it's like a lot of it comes down to personal taste, but that's mm-hmm. not a knock against the soundtracks yeah. themselves. Yeah. But again, we talked about all this. Yes. Um, um, what else can we talk about? I quite enjoyed... Um, let's talk about color palette. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's actually <laughs> tremendous in both of them. We don't need to talk about it. It's tremendous, and both films have very it's, consistent color palette. That's true. Yes. They are both very consistent. Um, it is yeah. very clear where you are in each film by the color palette. Yeah, it works. Um, if we're comparing action, well, no, because they're two pretty different. Both very both different kinds of very action. different kinds of action, and they both have quite a bit of it. Yeah, and they're both quite successful at it. Yeah, and even Scott Pilgrim has a couple different kinds of action. In it. Yeah, don't you want to cut this one short? <laughs> I mean, we could. I mean, we I, could. I feel like we've said everything that we could. We have to say we don't have to draw this episode out to any no we don't set amount of time we don't have to we have talked about all of these movies quite a bit we have it's interesting when we have a shorter amount of movies that we you know do get a lot of time to talk about Mm -hmm. each movie individually um let's just do it uh let's just do this real quick Mm -hmm. uh two things you liked about the move each movie two things you didn't like about each movie okay Make it concise for everyone? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go first? Oh, good. <laughs> uh, the things I like about... I'll start with Akira. Uh, the things I like about it, the score, the soundtrack is fantastic. I've listened to it about three, four more times since we did our scores episode. It's so good. Guys, if you haven't really listened to it, because it's not available on Spotify or whatever, it's all on YouTube. <laughs> it's all on YouTube by the official record company that puts out the album so you're not like stealing it or anything if you're you know morally opposed to not paying for music (laughs) go listen to it it's so good uh i also i like you know i will say the voice acting is also something we haven't touched on a lot but like you know there's a reason why you know shouting kanada and tetsuo (laughs) in the middle of the podcast has become you know kind of a staple of this season it's because for the words. voice it's done so it, it, it sticks into you well. yeah it's yeah. done so well and those characters i mean even i've gone back and listened to dub comparisons between the two <laughs> like even the original which i some people will argue is the better one because it's the one they grew up with and nostalgia and stuff they're Whatever. both fantastic <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i can't even you know mm-hmm. i can't even give an edge to one or the other go watch yeah. the movie however you can <laughs> you know and the things I dislike about it, like I said, maybe it was my expectations, but I feel like until it really, really picks up, I still had no clue what this movie was, and I hope that I can watch it again soon and maybe buck those expectations and yeah. see if I enjoy it more knowing what happens. It definitely benefits from multiple viewings. Yeah. So maybe, th- maybe that's what I should put it as, is because it, ha- it benefits from mul- multiple viewings, a first-time viewer might not have enjoyed it as much as you know someone who's seen it for the fifth or sixth time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I don't can I think of another thing I don't like about it? Uh, I will say the other thing I don't like about it is that I put it is that I put it off for so long because I didn't know what it was because <laughs> I just thought it was a movie about a biker. <laughs> Gang, and it's really so much more, and it's got so much more meaning than, you know, a cool-looking movie. Scott Pilgrim, uh, I love the acting in it. I think that all the characters are pretty perfectly cast. There's no one in that movie that I would go, oh, they're not great in that role, or oh, I wish someone else had played that. I mean, it was just so purposefully done. It was, you know, it was a labor of love in finding the exact right choice for every single character in that movie. And I really love, you know, even though I was saying it's just After Effects, I love that stuff like that in the movie. It makes it, you know, it makes scenes that you'd be like, no, this is kind of a boring shot. It makes it so much more fun to watch, you know. It takes stuff like a boring apartment couch and gives it a little bit of a joke. It is a movie you can't really sit and text through if you're watching it for like the third or fourth time. You want to see all the visual gags. Mm 
things I don't like about it, um, you know, while it has this mechanism of the seven evil exes that kind of keeps the plot chugging along, sometimes some exes are given more time than others, and some just don't deserve as much time as they get. <laughs> and the other thing I don't like about it is... I just wish Scott was a better character, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I wish I could root for Scott more. So, but that's, that's probably a good thing in the characters department, mm-hmm. but it's always more fun when you have a protagonist that you really want to succeed. Yes. All right. Two things I like about Akira. I, uh, I quite enjoyed um, just the scale of it. Mm-hmm. Like how epic the movie is, and I really mm-hmm. wasn't expecting it to get that epic, and it really is—it's awe-inspiring in some parts, um, and so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I also really enjoyed, honestly, the <laughs> the limited amount of motorcycling they did. <laughs> it was just as cool as I wanted it to be, yeah. and I actually really enjoyed it. There's a reason that the shot of Akira on the bike skidding and turning is so recreated and so iconic that everyone does it it's because it's badass it is it is so good but also it leaves the impression that this movie's just about a guy who does that yeah but i i absolutely yeah i just love a lot of a lot of just kind of what happens in the movie and how well it's executed uh, things I don't love. I will stand by it. I kind of skated around it earlier. The movie on this pa- the pacing on this movie not great. I definitely could feel the length of this movie, and I definitely could be like, all right, when do we get to move on to something else that's going to happen? Um, and so that definitely sticks out like a sore thumb to me as like perhaps one of the weaker aspects. Um, also, um, not so much exactly what Robbie was saying, where he was saying it, it you didn't quite know what it was going to be, but it does have a lot of, um, like, it's been spinning a lot of plates, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know that it juggles every storyline um, quite as well as it could. I think it either could have, not necessarily done without, but either could have resolved some storylines or had them blend together a little better than they did. Um, I'm, so, I'm just curious, like, which, which ones? Well, there's the, I mean... Because you you do kind of have the whole, like, like all of the biker gang stuff just kind of goes away as we get more into the... Yeah, you don't like, know as much about the capsules. Yeah. And then there's, like, the resistance to the government conspiracy yeah. that's, you know... Just kind of there. Eventually just becomes Tetsuo. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Canada. Canada. And so there were just... There were definitely different things that they talk about that I'm like, well, I would have liked to have seen either more of that or see these all kind of connect a little better. Um, Some of that stuff we talked about in the world building episode yeah. would have been nice to also just have in the movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's not a major thing. Uh, with Scott Pilgrim, I absolutely adore, adore the aesthetic of that movie. There's something about, I've never been so quickly established and transported to a world like I was in Scott Pilgrim just because it's immediate. And you're like, I mean, you talked about the after effects, and I don't really can, I don't really think of those as like, oh, that's a cute gag. I'm like, oh, this is just like, this is what makes this movie next level. Is that oh, it? It's literally not, I'm not fits calling you. It, it fits you into it. Gag's the wrong word because that seems derogatory. Yeah. I'm, but I it, absolutely agree. Yeah, with you. but it's it it it's so like effortlessly establishes what could have been a difficult um, kind of aesthetic to convey. And then that's why I, I was so passionate about the production design is because I think that's perhaps the most glowing feature of that movie. Um, I also absolutely love, I mean, action is definitely a centerpiece in that movie. And I think the action is great. I think the fights for each X are innovative because they're not all the same. They're all very different. Um, and so I, I like how each fight is different and kind of char- it has its own characteristics. Um, Things I don't love about Scout Pilgrim. Um, oh, I also love the humor in Scout Pilgrim. That's something I wanted to touch on. I think the humor in it is like... Because sometimes they're just jokes, straight jokes that are funny, but there's little bits like... Um, Karen Culkin. Um, I just lost his name. The roommate. Wallace. Wallace. There's so many running gags with Wallace that are so quick, and they're just really funny, but they're all so fast. 
that it's like you could miss it and you know it's whatever but if you if you catch it when it happens you're like oh no that was hilarious yeah and there are lots of things that wallace is just one example but there are lots of instances mm-hmm. of that and just um, the way they talk i mean yeah and everyone's the way so, everyone everyone talks, talks is so fast in the movie also gilmore girls yeah. fast like just <laughs> but um things i didn't love in the movie you touched on it with scott um i was going to actually talk about it with ramona we discussed it in our characters episode and i kind of kind came to the realization there when we were recording that yeah ramona doesn't is a very static character that they kind of portray as dynamic mm-hmm. but when you really sit and think about it you're like no she doesn't really change at all no. and it's for someone other than just wanting to come to toronto yeah. and change and for someone to be kind of sold to us as this like strong female character and then she doesn't really do anything. I was kind of like, mm. I don't know how I feel about that. So that's yeah, that's more where I'm I'm kind of like mm, about that. And that's I guess that's the writing. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I was gonna say that, but I felt like I got some pushback last week on whether or not she was a manic pixie dream girl or not. And <laughs> um, so I'm, I didn't. I, I stayed yeah. away from the conversation. But um. The other thing I don't necessarily love, I don't love the fight against the twins that much. It's cool, but I'm kind of like, after after the initial, like, seeing the giant monsters, like, emerge, and then they start fighting, I'm always kind of like, meh. Like, if there was one fight in the movie I could skip, it would be that one. But the music's decent. So music's good, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I love the soundtrack. For Akira, I love it so much. I always like, uh, I like the movie itself. I love it every time. I love it even more every subsequent time I listen to it. For sure. Uh, so yeah, I just uh, can never say enough good things about the Akira soundtrack. And I like kind of like what Carter said. Just the sheer like. Sc- scale of it and how just like grand and epic it is when like you see the posters and you're like oh it's a, about a, a boy and his bike or something like that but then it just turns into what you get and it's like oh oh my like wow and i've, I've like just and i've i i yeah i i strongly disagree that it's poorly paced i feel like it's paced perfectly well perfectly fine there's never something going on that isn't like relevant to what's happening there's always something going on to show you about what's going on with tetsuo or uh kaneda to show you what's going on with the world and while it may feel long i feel like that's not a knock against it because it is two hours of your life that you're choosing to carve out and sit down and watch and i feel like for how grand it is the pacing does work very well so yeah, I I I think the pacing is one of the positives of it. Uh, for Scott Pilgrim, yeah, I do love. Are you gonna do the things you dislike, or are you gonna? I, I'm I'm gonna get there. Like like yeah. dislike dislike. Gotcha. And so uh, yeah, I just yeah I I love the humor of Scott Pilgrim and how all the sound effects fit into that. Like God, it it kills me every single time. But at the at the bit at the end, which is so quick, you could miss it. When uh, he come, when Scott and Nega Scott come out, and Nega Scott walks off, and Knives is like, "Ah, oh, Scott, your hair's getting really shaggy." And it cuts back to him, and he's got the hat on yeah. that he wasn't wearing before. He's like, "Really?" Like every single time, it just gets me because it's like, where, "Where did he get what?" <laughs> he didn't, but now he does. And it's just, it's so quick, so simple. It's not none of it's over the top. There's no shock humor. It's all. Oh God, it's like, yeah, I love the humor in Scott Pilgrim. It's so good. And then, yeah, the, the fights, I, yeah, it's just how creative they are, how different they all are. And I, I love just pausing at all the different like versus screens for each fight to just, cause those show you like what these fights are and just give you like the idea of each of them. And I just, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I love, yeah, I love the action in it. Uh, something that I guess I kind of dislike about both of them is there is a lot of stuff that you could tell is like brought in from the source material, but they didn't have time or just didn't choose to really expand on it. Because uh, like in Scott Pilgrim, like uh, the whole like subspace highway thing with uh, the door, it's like oh these are 
a thing, I guess, but they pop up, like, it pops up a total of, like, once and you never see it again. And uh, just, like, a handful of the characters in Scott Pilgrim, we talked about, like, they're good and they work, but they're just, they just kind of, like, pop up once or twice and are gone. And then with Akira, there is a whole lot going on that they don't expand on too much. And I guess I can understand why you'd be like, oh, this, there could have been more of that. Again, I think, like, I think for the most part, what you do get works, but there is a whole lot that they could have done more with. But again, it's a two-hour movie, and there's, yeah. only, there's only so much you can yeah. do. So, yeah, just that on both ends. Uh, something, something I dislike about Akira... Um, oh, uh, hmm, I'm not sure if I can go with something I dislike. One more thing I could dislike about both of these movies. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no. These are Brett's favorite movies. I mean. They're not his favorite movies. Face, Those are Lilo I, and Stitch and RoboCop. I'm me. <laughs> although Listen I, to season I, one right now. <laughs> although I, I do love these movies so much. Uh. Yeah, I guess if there's yeah some, something I dislike about Scott Pilgrim is uh, yeah some of the characters and some of the fights are just so much better and like so much more memorable than some of the other ones like the twin like the twins fight is like yeah it's yeah and I guess I guess that's somewhere where the pacing does kind of stop it's kind of like oh the big monsters and they're just kind of waiting for Scott to go to the chaos theater mm-hmm. and kick Gideon's ass uh, and then. Yeah, just some. Yeah, some. Some. Some of the fights aren't as good as some of the others. And then, uh, oh God, what is something I don't like about Akira? <laughs> God, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm coming off. Come as, on, Brett. I'm coming off so biased here. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> like, I'm. I'm it's not r- a perfect movie. There's no such thing. No, I know. I, 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 I said something wrong with it. Come on, <laughs> cut me some slack. <laughs> uh, no such thing as a perfect movie, except for. Acura in Brett's eyes. No, oh. I, I've said something that's not perfect about it. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess maybe the the ending of Acura could be a little ambiguous the first time you watch it. You might not totally get what happens. And I say that because I didn't totally get what happened at the end of Acura the first Same. time I saw it. I need Definitely. to watch it again. This movie could I watch it again from a subsequent viewing. Which yeah. yeah, I talked about. My thoughts on pacing yeah. might change. Yeah, because because uh, the first time I saw, it, I was kind of like, oh, so like Tetsuo and everybody in the arena got obliterated. Then it wasn't until pre- subsequent viewings, so I was like, oh no, they literally created another universe. Oh, oh. and so yeah. I get so like I guess some like yeah, part par- parts of it could be a little ambiguous, but they do bet, but they can get cleared up on subsequent viewings. And so I guess initially that's something I didn't care for, but that's something that I guess have, I have found like kind of endearing, and I guess that's something I've come to like about it, having seen it so many times that there's always something new to pick up on. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I think we've come to that time. It is. It's that time. It's that time. Everybody shout out your winner all at once. <laughs> Three, two, one. No, just... oh. Hey. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I do know my winner. You do know? Yep. So if we all, we just I pick, think I know your winner. It's a finale, so we're just picking a winner, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. The the not winner is the loser. Yep. This has been season 3. Breath of Rock Johnson start us off on the voting. <sighs> you got to do this to me. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to tear the band-aid off. My winner for season 3 is going to be Akira in case you could not tell, but the, I just the I am look shocked. on these people's faces. <laughs> I am so shocked right now. Our live studio uh, audience that is always very quiet. Us three. <laughs> <gasps> I, I am the studio audience. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah, just the sheer scale of Akira, just how epic it is, and it's just so unexpected but in just like the best way the soundtrack is just there's not there is no other soundtrack out there like the Akira soundtrack and just how well it fits in complements and emphasizes everything happening in that movie the design of everything in that movie is so good and how they just so seamlessly flawlessly 
and seemingly effortlessly just managed to bring it to life. The the voice acting, the color palette, the sound design, just I I just think all of it is fantastic. You guys don't like the pacing. I I disagree, but I see what you're coming from. That's something I have to live with. I think the pacing works fine, but yeah, I just think Akira is a very, very well-rounded, very good movie. And so Akira is my winner for season three. This has been Brett the Rock Johnson. All right. Robbie, I hope you like making big decisions. I... Because my winner this week... This, this season, season. This season. My winner of this season is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I love Akira. I definitely needed to see it again to fully appreciate it. <laughs> I think uh, just right now, if we're going off the two, uh, you know, sometimes, I mean, we talk about this a lot. You're at a movie theater, you see both movies, and I'm like, which one am I, you know, am I going to go see? It's going to be Scott Pilgrim. And I just think overall the movie, if we're talking overall enjoyment of the film, I think Akira's definitely a much more thought-provoking movie that has a little bit more depth to it. But I think Scott Pilgrim is just a damn fun time. Like, it's just, you go there, and you're like, this is so much fun. Like, you get so much enjoyment, just pure enjoyment from watching that movie. And I'm like, I, that's honestly what I, you know, what I look for in a movie, in my favorite movies, is like, what is the most enjoyable? What's a movie that I could watch and then immediately watch again? And that's how I feel about Akira. And that's Scott why we both... And Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's all down to you, Robbie. It is all down to me. Um, There's no way for me to split a vote. There's nothing. Uh, This has been a hard season. These two movies, definitely in prepping for this season, were my prediction for, for definitely being in the top three, potentially being the top two. And they, I was right. And now the time has come for me to make a decision. And I'm trying not to draw it out too much, but I'm also making some final yes. decisions in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, because Carter brought up something, which is the, you know, the Phoenix Zerola method of choosing, you know, if you're going to go see, if you're, the Ritz Draft House here in Austin has two screens. If one of them showing Acura, one of them showing Scott Pilgrim, which would I choose? And I don't think that apply, <laughs> applies here for me because... That's They're both a fantastic use of your two hours. <laughs> and I I don't mean to interrupt, but I saw Akira at the Ritz Draft House here in Austin. <laughs> Please sponsor us, Alamo Draft House. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think, though, when it comes to the situation I probably have more often, which is I'm sitting in front of a TV with a Blu-ray player, I've got a Blu-ray of Scott Pilgrim. I've got a Blu-ray of Akira. I've got some friends who are like, Robbie, show us a good movie. I think more often than not, I'm going to choose Scott Pilgrim versus the world. (laughs) It was a hard decision, I think, and I'm already doubting it, but I'm sticking with it. Scott Pilgrim is, I think, the more enjoyable movie. I think it has, you know, while I would agree with Brett that like both actually both movies, you know, do well with multiple viewings. You're not going to catch everything in either film the first time around. But when it comes to looking at a movie and coming out feeling like you understand just about everything, you feel like you've seen a complete story. You feel like you know. The way I'm gonna put it is, a movie often only has one shot at getting someone to watch it again. And when it comes to the movie that's going to definitely make me watch it again, it's always going to be Scott Pilgrim. So that's my decision. (laughs) So our season three winner. Scott Pilgrim Pilgrim versus the world. world. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And season four will be Scott Pilgrim versus every other movie. (laughs) Now, we could save this for the bonus episode, but do we want to reveal whose movies those two were? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's 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 go around the table. Do a movie review. Uh, I lost uh, Kill Bill the first week, um, and then a few weeks later lost Bull Durham. Uh, so both of my, once again, neither of my movies made it to the final round of the season. 
I lost, unfortunately, L.A. Confidential pretty early on, and then Jurassic Park. And Brett, you sly dog. <laughs> I lost Akira right here in the finals. This whole, <laughs> this whole competition was just Brett arguing with himself. Yep. Which is why I did make Brett go first. I just wanted to watch him squirm for a second having to make that decision. Whereas, I mean, also I had a feeling where Carter was going and I kind of knew in my heart where I was going. <laughs> and it wouldn't be fun to be like, hey, do you want to make this unanimous or do you want to? All right, so now we know to make Robbie always go first in the voting from go from uh, now on. Well, not always, but yes, just for the finals. So our season, <laughs> a season one winner, Silence of the Lambs. Season, season two. two winner, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Season three. You winner. were there. Were we? I was gonna let someone else say it. <laughs> our season three winner, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. There you go. Three seasons down. Four seasons starting soon. Two seasons. Uh, go to Brett. Two seasons to Brett, yeah. Film practice, baby. Yeah. <laughs> We're so, going to have to step up our game. Yeah. But, uh, and we will be in two weeks with season four of Film Frack. That's true. Next Ew. week we'll have a bonus episode. We'll announce our new season's movies. We'll announce our new co-host. We'll probably Woo. announce them on Twitter in a few days. Yeah. And we'll ask you guys to send in some questions. I know in the process of recording this episode, I finalized what movies I'm going to show in my mind. Oh, so, mm-hmm. so we'll talk Very about cool. those. We'll talk about them. Um, off, other, I still have no mic. idea. Send me recommendations yes. for movies. Or don't make him squirm. Oh, <laughs> he, he needs he needs he needs to stop like, babying. Yeah, don't give him help. He's already won two of them. Yeah. What? Although his recommended you've pick, won two whole seasons. Like you need other people's <laughs> recommendations, Brett. Well, to his, get, to get actually, that, his recommended one this season was not his winner. My, friend of the podcast and Brett's roommate recommended Akira. So I chose Akira. Because I figured get audience recommendations, get get somebody else's voice in here. So I'll I'll cho- like I'll choose one, audience will choose one, and then uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not just me talking about movies I like, it'll be me talking about the, this time it just so happened as a movie I really like. But yeah. I'm Often not being he will choose babied. a movie you recommend that he likes. That's true. But yes. Um, let's start sign-offs, I guess. Four. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at C.A. Spillers. Like, spill something in your own NNS. I tweet there sometimes. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Not often, but sometimes. Uh, anywho, uh, you can uh, go watch Galaxy Quest. It's a good-ass movie. It's a parody <laughs> of uh, parody Star of Trek. It's fantastic. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, some people consider it like an unofficial Star Trek movie. It is a comedy. It is quite hilarious, but it does effectively kind of get that the feel of of you know of a, it's it's just a good sci-fi comedy. And there are so few good sci-fi comedies. Um, yeah. I absolutely love it. So go watch Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Tim Allen, Tony Shalhoub in one of my favorite supporting roles. I know who that is. <laughs> I didn't know Tony Shalhoub by name for the very long time, and somebody who will not be named here got very mad at me. I love Tony So now I know who Tony Shalhoub is by name. And if they're listening to this, I hope you're proud of me for knowing who Tony Shalhoub is. You know who you are. Monk. Yes, I know Tony Shalhoub is Monk. Are you going to recommend Monk? No, I'm not going to. I've never seen Monk. That's why I don't know who Tony Shalhoub is, Carter. That's fair. (laughs) You would definitely know who Tony Shalhoub was if you had watched Monk. If I had watched, exactly. <laughs> you get a lot what, of Tony Shalhoub. What, what 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 is that? What's Alan Rickman's character's like catchphrase? By Grapthar's hammer. hammer. What are savings? <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I recommended. <laughs> Alan Rickman is also fantastic in that movie. Oh, well, oh, I'll tell you if you've recommended it before. Oh shoot! I'll I'll, I'll get around to sending you guys that recommended yeah, list. Not uh, anyway. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Snapchat at Brett J H N S N number one. I post movie reviews there from time to time, more or less consistently. Who knows? Uh, if you disagree or want to know more about them, you can send me a message and we'll talk about them or call me out in the comments. Who knows? Uh, also, recommend movies for me to watch because I'm always looking for some new stuff to watch. My recommendation this week is is going to be the animated film Batman and the Mask of the Phantasm. 
was a feature-length, theatrically-released movie that came out of the Batman the Animated Series. It's quite, quite good. Uh, One of Bruce Wayne's old flames reappears in his life. Meanwhile, some new villain known as the Phantasm shows up and starts uh, killing mobsters. And so then there's this four-way race between uh, Batman, the police, the mob... And uh, I forget who the other person is, but to like catch the phantasm or to like take care of this other thing. And it's, it's very, very good. Oh, the Joker, that's who it is. But yeah, between these four different parties to try to catch the phantasm and it's, uh, it's, it's very good. Yes. So yeah. I love that movie. Okay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Robbie underscore DeShazer. Um, I tweet things, I post pictures, I do a lot of fun stuff, go follow me. Um, This week, I am going to recommend 1981's Clash of the Titans, the original uh, Clash of the Titans starring Laurence Olivier as Zeus. Um, It's great, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Early Maggie Smith, uh, a lot of great characters in it, but it's it's a lot of fun to watch. A great blend of stop motion animation and live action. Haven't actually seen it. It's fantastic. I I think it was two weeks ago I was talking to someone, and they didn't realize there was a Clash of the Titans before the 2010. <laughs> Sam Worthington? Yes, <laughs> before the 2010 remake. Um, and if that is if that describes you, if you just thought, wait, didn't that movie come out in 2010, not 1981, you'd be wrong. Uh, I have seen the 2010 one, and its sequel, Wrath of the Titans. Yes, not as good as the first one. Uh, it is currently available on Filmstruck if you were someone that subscribes to that. Uh, but this has been a wonderful season of Film Fragus. Uh, tune in next week for a bonus episode. Once again, tweet at us at Film Fracas with your questions for our new host. We will create kind of a thread for that uh, when we announce who he or she is. Um, tweet Brett with your recommendations for him so he can pick some movies. Uh, go to Oh, go to anchor. Uh, just go to our website because uh, I can't remember what our actual URL Filmfracus.com. is. Filmfracus.com. or anchor.fm forward slash film for uh, dash fracas. You can support our podcast now, and it's as easy as clicking also, three buttons. Buy our merch. <laughs> buy our merch. It's going away soon. We've, we're getting a new logo that we're working on also if you have not already please leave us a review on apple Podcasts. yes that seriously. always helps apple podcast anywhere wherever you can Spot- but spotify doesn't take no reviews. but especially especially apple podcast it takes five seconds a five-star review say a little bit just a few words we would love it uh currently have 15 ratings yeah but we reviews are reviews are good too anything we could get on there would be of great help yeah other than that, thank you for listening. Yes. Tuning in, same time, same place, next week. Lots of cool stuff to come. We're super excited. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web, and we are so glad you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you to Brett Johnson and Robbie DeShazer for writing and producing each episode. Please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you listen. It really does help get the word out. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Film Fracas. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.